all ages. It is your favorite time of the week when we talk pro wrestling here at Wrestling Chat with Friends. I love the analog graphics you got going there. As you guys can see, we are missing a key member of our podcasting team. Uh, but Cheats has been uh, detained, not by the government, uh, <laughs> but just by circumstances. So we are sending him uh, best wishes, uh, healing vibes, all that jazz. So tonight you've got me, your favorite heel and heels, Megan Rickman Blackwood. And as always, the collector, Elliot. How are you doing tonight? Hey, yo, I am here. I am accounted for. I'm, a, I'm here. I'm present. I'm accounted for. And what else am I, Megan? You're accountable, which is yes. my favorite one. Yes, I am. Good to see you. I've done solo shows with Mark, but never with you before. So I'm very I excited know. for you and I to break it down. It hasn't been too much going on this week. So who knows what we'll fill the time Slowly. with. What are we going to talk about? We'll what are we even going to talk about? Before we get into it, let's get the uh, my collector's choice out of the Thank way. You. What I've liked in the last few weeks, um, Cheats has shown some of his recent collectibles on the show. Um, some of the figures he's gotten, uh, he says for Cam, probably for himself. <laughs> you have been rocking. You've been rocking some merch lately. Uh, I have been. Thanks, thanks to your wonderful, handsome co-hosts who have outfitted you. But there is one thing that I want you and Megan to remember: my collection, my collection is better than yours, and you know it. Welcome back, Max. Let's get it on. What a uh, appropriate collector's choice for the evening. Indeed, indeed. So let's jump right in. We're going to do this chronologically. I know probably every other show opened this week and was like, let's talk about the thing. Um, but let's do this chronologically because I think one of the biggest uh, issues that I've had with everything that happened is that it has overshadowed some amazing matches. I couldn't agree more. Out. Couldn't agree more. Um, so let's just do like a quick rundown of the results, our favorite matches, some of the things that uh, we were the happiest to see, or some things that we weren't so super happy to see. Um, I'm going to start with the pre-show. And so, we are talking about AEW All Out for our friends uh, out, out there. And let's just quick plug WCWF Pod on Twitter, Wrestling Chat with Friends on YouTube. Like yeah. us, follow us, subscribe, tell a friend. Most definitely appreciate it. All that stuff. I never do that stuff. I just jump straight in. I'm like, let's talk. Um, so thank you, Elliot, for doing that stuff and making sure we get bills paid and people here. Mm -hmm. um, so jumping back to All Out, um, starting with the pre-show, <sighs> Sammy and Ty Tay still have go-away heat for me. Um I think we've okay. struggled to see Ruby do what we want to see her do um, in AEW. And it was really disappointing to see the match on Sunday. Uh, Ruby got dropped on her head in a really nasty spot. And then I believe Ty Mello broke her nose at the end of the show or at the end of the match. So um, are you ready for, I mean, I guess we can't because he's involved in something later, but are we ready for Sammy and Ty to go away? Is that where we're at finally? Not with me. I they're not my they're not my favorite duo, but I liked Sammy and I liked Tay individually before they became this mm -hmm. collection. Sammy, I think, still is one of the pillars of AEW, despite some serious heat. If you don't think that, that's not his fault. It's just because they brought in a lot of talent that may have overshadowed mm -hmm. him. Um, but I think he's still a good worker, a dedicated worker. He has at least for the better part of the last couple of years, seemed to have matured some. 
in a way, his this is a I mean, his character is being this flamboyant pain in the ass who has this really hot girlfriend. She is a decent worker in her own right. I am not sick of them. I'm not. I think I don't need to see them do much more other than act the way they are. It's an excellent BC story. I know it's not yours, but wrestling supposed to entertain, and at times these guys entertain me. So I'm still with it. But I share your sentiments about Ruby. Um, I don't. I don't like the way she's been booked for the last uh, year. She came in with a lot of fanfare, and she's had a lot of bad luck both some mostly stuff of not her own creation. Mm -hmm. So would have liked to have seen some gold on her and it just really kind of didn't go her way at all, especially since she got her face blasted apart, which sucks. We love Ruby. Yeah. Um, I'm still on the Sammy train. I don't, I don't dislike them and I don't want them to leave, but um, you know, is what it is. I'm done. I know I'm done with them. I'm completely okay with what, them. What is it most about, about it for you? Um, It's, what we've seen of them in real life, the way that, that they have chosen to behave. Um, and then also I think Sammy like really shot himself in the foot. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's like a woman thing. I don't know if it's a uh, just person thing, but like asking a woman to marry you in the ring and then like a month later being with someone else and then rapidly getting engaged. It just like, there's certain levels of the carny shit that I can't deal with. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, to have just come out of such a public relationship with Pam, and then honestly, that's where I, like, kind of, you know, got to know Sammy, was on his vlog, and Pam was always on the vlog, she was super supportive, she's been with him since day one, and to have that, like, if you're going to have such a public relation, I'm not faulting them for how things went down, right, like, nobody knows the real story, nobody knows what really happened, but the per public perception of it was you asked somebody to marry you like a month or two ago in the ring. And then, you know, you're immediately with somebody else and I'm freezing. You still keep it going. I'm freezing. Um, so for me, it was just like bad optics. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me, but not see me? Here you just fine. I can still see you. You're still moving just a little bit, a uh, little bit slower. So yeah, press on. You're still up there. I'm like right by my modem. I don't know how to fix that. Uh, I'm going to turn it off right now, especially if you can still hear me. So uh, for me, it was just really bad optics. So you, you used the company to like put over your relationship with Pam. Okay. And then you use the company to highlight your relationship with Tay. And then I don't even think I'd have been that mad at them for that. <laughs> but then to make that your angle mm -hmm. was... Like for me, like I was just like, okay, enough's enough. Like I'm done with this kid. He always had that kind of like shitbag, like your friend's little brother vibe. So to make that everything that you're about, like it's hard. I like cheering for heels because nine times out of 10, I can believe in real life that they're not an asshole. And I can't do that with Sammy. Anymore. I feel you. I mean, I, I totally get it. There's there's nothing there's nothing I think unfair or out of bounds with that with that sentiment. He hasn't he has made missteps at times. A lot of them. The whole way it was presented. You know, life sometimes get in the way, and you might go into something with the best of intentions, but you really got to think things through because stuff can happen and this could result. So he probably has had a declining uh, fan base. I think there are a lot of people who sort of feel like you, um, and then there are lots of 
there are lots, there are lots of marks out there. You're not a, you're not that kind of mark. A lot of marks out there who probably see, see that character and say, don't need it. Um, and again, not my favorite part of the program. Um, but I think those two, those two are young. I think they're passionate about the business and they got a lot of talent. So I wouldn't want to deny them anything. I mean, the other thing for me is just like, I think with Sammy, he's constantly doing spots that hurt himself or someone else. Um, I, the ones that I think of immediately are that massive spot with Matt Hardy uh, at Stadium Stampede where Matt Hardy got concussed. Um, there was also some some funky stuff on the ladder where another talent got hurt. And then now he's dropped uh, Ruby on his on her head. Ty has also been accused of working really stiff um, with her Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. Um, and I think we saw that on uh, Sunday when Ruby got her nose broken with that TKO. Um, so I don't know. Let's, I mean, well, I'm, let's, I'm, let's I'm, pause real quick. I get it. Let's pause real quick. Let's get at least give Tay a little bit of credit. Um, this was talked about a little bit afterwards. When the spot did happen where she uh, blasted Ruby, she got the pin. The ref was about to turn his attention to outside the ring to what Sammy and I guess Ortiz were doing. Mm -hmm. Tay did stay in character while getting the ref's attention to tend to Ruby to tell her, hey, she needs help. So like, at least she did that. It looked like a good gesture. She also was overheard saying, are you okay when she was covering for the mm -hmm. pin? So she acknowledged she did something wrong. That's at least professional a little bit. But yeah, we don't need to dive too much more that, into, uh, into Tay and Sammy. Okay, so let's get into another match that happened on the pre-show, which featured this podcast favorite wrestler named Eddie yeah. Kingston. Oh, he's my favorite wrestler named Eddie Kingston. So I'm not going to lie that Kingston uh, Ishii match was bananas. Mm -hmm. It was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it was great. There's, there's two are, they're sort of like the Japanese American versions of each other a little bit. So to mm -hmm. see that, to see those two guys just collide and just the slaps were great. I mean, at some point they weren't all connecting, but it was that that point you were fully invested, loving it. Um, those two really did beat the snot out of each other. They did. They it was did. magic. And yeah. honestly, I really enjoyed it. We got to see the first of those, that series of matches at Capitol. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the chat said Eddie Kingston is a horrible wrestler. Get out of here. We love Eddie. Eddie is the best um, wrestler in the roster named Eddie Kingston. Named Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, so uh, we got to see the first match between Kingston and Ishii at Capital Collision for New Japan Pro. We've now seen the second. I think we got a rubber match incoming to see, kind of settle that grudge and see what happens. So we'll we'll be okay with it. But for the record, I was I enjoyed the match. I had a good time. It was it was fun. I had a good Eddie time. Is, Eddie is a great wrestling character. You can't really deny is. that. It's not it's not always about uh, technical ability. It's important, but sometimes you just want to see big bruising guys like do those spots and no one does it better than Eddie right now. His character is damaged, but lovable, angry, angry, but caring you know, in some ways. Um, and Eddie himself seems to be maybe on the upswing, I hope. So let's just hope it keeps mm -hmm. going for him. And just for the record, so everyone knows that our person in the chat is cheats. So mm -hmm. uh, I should have known as soon as the uh, Eddie Kingston hate started coming in. That's, yeah, we, that's we knew that we knew that Cheats was not gonna just he wasn't gonna be on camera tonight. He, he was gonna make his presence felt, and he clearly is. Could so not we, let we it go. You. We hear you, Cheats. It's like 
it's like Beetlejuice. If you say Eddie Kingston three times, cheats will show up and be like, I hate Eddie Kingston. <laughs> All right. So let's move right on to the main show. Um, we had a wait, was there a third match in the there in was the four, shift? but I'm moving fast because we have a ton to talk about. Yes, tonight. we do. You're right. Let's go. So um, we're going to go ahead and talk about the casino ladder match. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we got some really cool spots at the beginning. Andrade is always amazing to see. Yep. But let's talk about what we have to talk about with that casino ladder match. Okay. Let's do it. Sympathy for the devil. Yeah, that was that was what I'm popping for this week. We didn't we didn't get to that um, in segment one because there is much to talk about. So maybe you can incorporate your pop of the weekend when when the time is right. I'll get to it. Yeah, the, um, the match was great. I, I missed the first few minutes, um, but then when the rush of the hooded guys, I've said before, I like invasion angles when they're done correctly. This one was done pretty 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 well. So I I like it. Um, someone climbing that ladder. Um, it was revealed to be Stokely Hathaway. I think there, I think that for a lot of people, there was a, what does this mean? You and I have been on this train though for a few weeks. You since and I, day one, as soon as Stokely started handing out them cards, I knew who he was handing out cards for and nobody, well, everybody was like, mm. you were, yeah. you were a little bit, you were on it a little bit faster than I was. But once I kind of heard it from you, oh, the pieces all fell into place. It yep. made great. I didn't even know that. Max and Stokely had worked together in some indies. It was a major league wrestling, maybe or wherever they were. So yeah, that was exciting. And but because we had talked about it, when I saw him take his mask off, I knew what was coming. A lot of fans probably did. Um, the Sympathy for the Devil soundtrack was just Mwah. it was my, my moment of the week. I got mm -hmm. here, here was my analogy. Do you are you a Marvel fan? Do you like the Marvel movies? Yeah, they're okay. Okay. Well, for any of the fans out there who are Marvel fans, at the very beginning of the final Avenger ensemble movie, Avengers Endgame, in the opening scene, everyone remembers um, Hawkeye is with his family. He turns around and his family disappears in the blip. And as they go to the opening, they play um, Dear Mr. Fantasy, which mm -hmm. is a classic rock song. And when I remember seeing, seeing that in the theater and I got like the goosebumps and I said audibly like, Oh my God, this couldn't have been more perfect. What a transition into the movie playing mm -hmm. fantasy. It felt right. I got that exact same feeling when I heard the movie for the devil. I said, Oh, I mean, I'm getting tingles now. Cause I, hey, I love that song, mm -hmm. but it couldn't have been better. And a lot of people were saying how expensive that must've been to license Tony in the interview, like I guess during the, in the post media scrum, um, during Jericho, Jericho mentioned it must have been expensive, and mm -hmm. Tony said you'd be surprised. And he mentioned how the Stones had played in the Jacksonville yeah, they played TIA or whatever. So like, I, I, it probably was a pretty like sweet deal he got, and it couldn't have been used better. Excellent spot, yeah. you know. And the fact that he didn't reveal himself in that opening thing made it even yeah. better. So yeah, uh, it was fantastic. Hard agree. Uh, probably one of production-wise, one of the most well-done segments that I've seen in a really long time. Most definitely. Um, down to, you know, the way they stormed the ring. Stokely slowly looking, you know, pulling his mask off and then slowly looking over. And then we got the the mask on MJF, the way he was completely covered. Um, now, I will say our MJF marks on the internet, people were like, I know Max's ass. That's that's. I saw ass so, jawline. I heard everything. Yeah, there was 
For me, it was, okay, so Max always does this thing where he wipes his feet before he gets in the ring Mm -hmm. in a really specific way. Um, So when I saw that, I was like, like I knew already because I I knew from jump. uh, But uh, when I saw the foot thing, I was like, that's that's MJF. The one that did it for me was as he started as the masked figure came out and started walking down the aisle. He did one of these... um, one of those arm moves mm-hmm. and that gave it away for me too. That was a, yeah. that was a max move. So I'm um, super happy to have MJF back. He obviously comes into play later um, at the end of the show. So just great all around, uh, all return around. For MJF. It was, it was really great seeing him and we'll definitely get to talking about him when we talk about dynamite. Um, so after that, we had our first trios championship of the week. Yeah. Um, which was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page and Dark Order. I don't think, I know a lot of people were clamoring for best friends. People were clamoring for House of Black, um, you know, Death Triangle. I don't think we could have got a better match than what we got on Sunday. I think between the Bucks and Kenny, and Kenny looked amazing. Um, One of the things we talked about was, uh, and everybody was like, oh, Kenny came back too soon. Kenny still hurt. Again, I said this before and I'll say it again. I think some of that was a work. I think they were intentionally, you know, having him look hurt. Uh, even if you watched BCE last week yep. it, or this week, but it was talking about before it was um, a lot of discussion about like, oh, I got to go out with my my, arm, my shoulder band. I don't have it. And the Bucks being like, you're OK, you're OK. But if you look at Kenny from the first two weeks to Sunday, Kenny did not spray tan. He was, you know, he looked, I think the entire thing was like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to look pallid. I'm going to look sick. And then he came out at all out and good Lord almighty. Kenny Omega is clean. He is tight. He's been working out. He looks great. Um, And then of course they added the spray tan. So our boy looked healthy and glowing. Um, I was just really impressed with that match. And big up to the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver put on a hell of a match. And John Silver might be the most underrated performer in there. Oh, my God. John Silver hung with Kenny hard mm-hmm. and for a long while. Like, everybody, I think everybody was expecting uh, Hangman Adam Page to come in and just carry that match and be the person that is, you know, he's doing all the big spots. Alex Reynolds and John Silver got work in in that match. If anything, there was periods of the match where it seemed like they were carrying Hangman. Um, I don't know where it's going to go now because of everything that's happened. But I do know, I think, based on the way it was set up at the end, right, it's it's the, the buckshot that takes out John by accident. Um, I think, I really hope we're not robbed of the end of that story, right? Because we've had... With Hangman, I mean, Hangman's been Hangman since day one, right? So we've had this long story where he feels like he lets his friends down. He's not good enough. He cost them the match. And then, you know, there's all the back backlash from that. I think even at Dynamite and then on BTE, we saw, like, the Dark Order was just like, you know, it hurts. It hurts to have lost. But, like, you're our friend. It was an accident. So I think there was a lot of redemption for Hangman in this story. And I'm really disappointed that um, we may not get to see that, you know, flesh out the way that they intended because so many storylines are kind of up in the air right now. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows when people are going to be back. So 
But nonetheless, amazing match. How did you feel about that match? Uh, what what was maybe the highlight of the match for you? Uh, it, it was one of the matches on All Out that I kind of knew what the, how the ending was going to go. Mm-hmm. I do have even before <laughs> even before the last four days, the Bucks are not my absolute favorite set of brothers. Um, so I and I enjoy I enjoy their their spots. They're fun to watch. They're entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have some a personal issue with it that was accentuated and later, but this is all you know, before that. Um, I have a lot of respect for Dark Order. That that faction has been around since basically the beginning. They had the great Brody Lee um, with mm-hmm. them, and they've they've endured that. Uh, I want them to stay together, but I'm not sure Dark Order has a long term future. I think mm-hmm. these guys are all kind of getting their chance to demonstrate what they can do and as we saw we'll get into it on dynamite there was a there's maybe some further internal strife amongst dark order so like i don't Andrade know El Idolo, mm-hmm. keep trying to buy people he's trying yes, to buy 10. so we'll see what happens um i don't know i think i'd like to at least see like uno alex and johnny hungy figure out a way to stay together um they are beloved you know, people really do just love the Dark Order and uh, what they've been able to do to get themselves over, especially in the past, you know, of Brody Lee. I think that was a huge, you know, detriment to what that that group was supposed to be. Um, but I mean, they got past the charity pops, they got past the sympathy pops, and they genuinely, you know, really, they have a great time. They bring a lot of joy to the product. Yep. And um, people love them. So I want, them all, I want next, them all to stay around. Yeah, for sure. Whatever happens next, I'm all on board for for the Dark Order. Now, because we have so much to talk about, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. I'm not going to cover every single match. Um, Jade went over Athena. Wasn't great. Didn't love it. Um, don't know if it made sense to take the belt off of her yet, but... We both call. We but did both of us last week predict Athena? Yeah, I did too. In in yeah. retrospect, uh, the way that she was brought out and dominated, yeah. yeah. I mean, keep keep the belt on her. Everything obviously now is even more in question. But um, I agree with Cheetah's position all along that should be she should be the number one, uh, you know, most focused on female. She mm-hmm. should you know, and I don't mind her having some dominant streak, but. Um, I, there's, I don't see anyone on the roster right now who is being presented as a legitimate threat. And that may be, that might be an issue. And I think again, like we have crazy issues that we have to deal with now, but also like injuries are very real. And I think we were at a point where Statlander could have been the one, right. Mm-hmm. But Statlander's out for six to eight months. So like, right. have you built someone else up enough to be that monster heel or the monster face that takes over for Jade? And I don't know if we're there yet, especially when we have other people really tight in the uh, women's women's championship scene, as opposed to that TBS title. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't so, surprise me if she ends up carrying both titles at some point in the near future. Jade two belts. It would look good on her. She's yeah. a monster. And no side doubt. note, that incredible Hulk cosplay. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It was okay. Awesome. Um, another one we're gonna fly through is Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and MCMG, a Motor City Machine Guns. 
Um, great match. I loved uh, bringing out Dax's kid at the end. Super cute moment. Super wholesome moment uh, mm -hmm. for AEW, which is weird because like a lot of times you see stuff like that on the Fed. Uh, and it usually feel honestly, a lot of times when I see it, I'm like, this is disingenuous. And I haven't really felt like that with AEW, not with what they've done with negative one, not with what they did with Dax's daughter. It always kind of feels, I mean, maybe I'm a mark, but it feels more genuine. It does. I agree. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I, I enjoyed the match. It was fun. I think Wardlow is trying to reestablish himself as a serious contender being with FTR doesn't hurt him in that route. Nope, nope. You're all, you're exactly right. I, Wardlow and FTR are three guys that company should continue to push and put responsibility on, and I hope they do. If they don't, I think that's a big yeah. mistake. All right, so uh, we're gonna go fast because this match went fast, which actually really disappointed me. Um, but I understand if one of the, the person that went over is about to go on a monster heel run, which I'm ready for. I think they need to push both of them. Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. Ricky never really got started. Didn't have a lot of offense, super fast match, uh, from what we're told on the dirt sheets, which take it or leave it. Um, they were offered more time and declined to go longer. Um, so I don't know what the story is there. Um, I had not heard that. And why would they decline that? Um, I think if, if the goal is, so what some people are saying is that powerhouse Hobbs is going to be built up to be the heel that legitimately can challenge Wardlow, right? Because okay. Wardlow's a monster. He's a monster face. People love him. Um, and even like Tony Nese, who is somebody on dark, at least they're building up to be a legitimate contender. He got squashed in two, two minutes the other night. So yeah. I think from what people are saying, and it does make sense. You're having, you know, you're building up Hobbs to be this monster heel that can take out Wardlow. Um, <laughs> cheat said Starks got squashed. I didn't like it at all. Big I facts. Like yeah. that, right? Absolutely. And maybe that's on Ricky. Like it's protecting him of. You know, if I've got to get if I've got to get beat up, let's make it fast. Let's make it quick. Let's get out of here. Um, which the reason I can see that being a thing is another match that went real. Well, didn't even happen. Right. Was uh, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Now we know now on the back end for real, for real, not just conjecture, is that uh, Christian Cage is hurt. He has a torn peck or a torn like. Yep. shoulder something in his his this region of mm -hmm. his body mm -hmm. is torn and it's going to require surgery that puts him out for six to eight months yep. so christian couldn't take bumps he couldn't you know get in there so when we talk about protecting people i don't know if ricky's hurt again really hope not um i definitely don't think hobbs is hurt but even if it's just protecting the character you get in there you take your hit you get out ricky's been sort of working this taking some l's and get and building up you know, not i mean building up sympathy or building up this face he's been a heel for a while so it might take a few weeks to get uh more face uh support from the fans um this was certainly a way to do it and you know he's posted on twitter about you know i'm gonna be back this is just a speed yeah. bump so this is part of the character um it probably doesn't help to see him get squashed, and I didn't like it either. But yeah. those, both those guys, I think, are in decent places, or I would have said that at the time of their match. Again, mm -hmm. everything we're saying is a who knows, who knows now. Right now. Yeah. I do think um, 
you pointed it out really well. Like Ricky has been, even when he was still with Hobbs, which was the big reason that Hobbs turned on him. Hobbs said, you know, he's comfortable being a loser, whatever. Ricky's been kind of in this place where it's like, okay, I'm embracing the knocks. I'm going to build myself back up. And I do think you're completely right. I've seen the the tweets where he's like, you know, the, the come up's going to be better than the fall down or whatever. So um, I, I'm still a Starks Mark. I'm still going to go crazy for him every time. And I'm super looking forward to what comes next for Ricky Starks. All right, let's keep rolling. Cause we got a lot of shit to get through. Let's do it. Um, next. What for me match of the night, uh, swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. Holy shit. I did not know the acclaimed could go like that. That not was, that was something. Yeah. I, a match of the night. I'd agree with you as far as, just what we saw organically happen during the match. Uh, the storytelling of that match was accentuated by the crowd response and it made it a thoroughly enjoying, a thoroughly enjoying thing to watch and a organically created storyline that they can carry for a while longer. It was and fantastic. Big up to both Keith Lee and Swerve for, I don't know, Maybe they're fortune tellers. Maybe they knew what was coming and they said, this is how the, the layout of the match is going to go. But I think there were the point in that match. Everybody was like, why don't you call an audible? Why don't you call an audible and have the acclaim win? I think they did call some audibles, but it was more about like how they're performing. Keith Lee kind of leaning into that Healy stuff. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I, if, if, things went down the way I think they did and, and they didn't expect that big of a reaction for the acclaimed um, or that big of a reaction for their, their moveset and their abilities. Good on Swerve in Our Glory for being able to see what was happening, work the match in such a way that they walk away still being able to say, oh, we're the good guys. We, we beat them. We, you know, climbed to the top of the mountain, especially, you know, Keith Lee, give him the little scissor at the end. They didn't intentionally become heels, but I do think that it was really wise of them and shows a lot of their in-ring intelligence, their in-ring knowledge to be able to see what was happening with the crowd and to play to that in a way that sets up some new stories. <laughs> She's just said Swerve become a heel. Swerve was never not a heel. He about beamed <laughs> Keith Lee with that belt multiple times since they've been champions. So I think the whole thing was always going to be Swerve pulling Keith Lee down to his level. We'll see, man. Keith Lee, even when Swerve went out on Wednesday, Keith Lee tweeted and he was like, man, I turned my back for one minute. Swerve, <laughs> so, Swerve made himself a mega heel on Wednesday. But as far as all out goes, yes. I, I think we're not they, there yet. Wednesday didn't happen. We're not, we're not, that didn't happen yet. But right. I mean, this, this, this is working out better than even the four of them or and whoever's you know producing their shows they could expect um yeah take one look at keith lee he is a cerebral man not just his character but he for real is so um an, another huge talent and i'm gonna i'm gonna drop this during the mm -hmm. show so when i make my point later another very smart talent that AEW has yeah. that can bring a lot to the locker room in the future Hard agree. Um, Tony Storm took the uh, fatal four-way for the AEW Women Interim Championship. It was a great match. I enjoyed it. Um, I still think Sheeta could have should have should have gone over, could have gone over and, and been just fine. 
it was a it was a fine match. I'm still not completely sold on Tony Storm. I like her. Her character's really fun. I like her character more than I like her in-ring work. If we're talking about in-ring work, I see the little message from Cheat, hater's gonna hate. If we're talking about in-ring work in that match, hater is just on the cusp of greatness. And I think we're going to see more out of her very soon. Give me a quick take on that match. And then we got to keep going. I would have, I was saying during the match, I'd like Hater to go over. I think her time is now. She should be champ. The, 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 the story they're building with Hater and Britt afterwards when I saw it, then I was fine with it not happening at Sunday. Yeah. That's going to be a good uh, blow off. Um, but yeah, Hater, Hater's on her way to being, Hater could be a decent Jade Cargill of a foe, also. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Cheat said Hater will be champ. I agree. I Agreed. think it's coming. We just yep. have to we have to see how that shakes out. Um, all right. So second to last match of the night was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Decent match. I enjoyed it. It was okay. What are your thoughts? Surprised by the ending. I guess I would have thought yeah. Danielson would have gone over. Um, but uh yeah. Two guys, we've seen those two battle each other for years and years and years. We all knew we were going to get a great, um, a great match out of it. And yeah, a little surprised by the ending, but you know things are going to, things are just that's you're not. It's going to happen sometimes. Both them, yeah. both them could legitimately. You could give the win to either one of them. They'd be totally mm-hmm. legit. So you really couldn't go wrong in this match. And again, surprised, but you know I. It like it pales in comparison to the surprises that we're about to experience in the next yeah. match and going forward. So cool. I love them both. I've come around some on Jericho as a as a character and as a performer. Um, yeah, he he is in the good conversation for me. Absolutely. And again, like it wasn't a bad match. I don't think either one of them is really capable of putting on no. a bad match. Nope. Um, as much as I dislike Jericho's marital choices, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, I can't say that he's not a good wrestler. Kudos, good, to, kudos he's to a Jericho. great sports entertainer. He's he, a great he, he's not always a great wrestler. He is an amazing sports entertainer. And kudos um, for him for like reinventing his body like in the last six months. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He was coming out there for a while and I did not think he was going to get that full flip around uh he did not look like healthy enough to do it but he, he is, is. I mean, he really he's put the work in so shredded like a julian salad there you go all right so we are going to move right along to the match of the night the come main in. event come in here eli hi good night what's up eli <laughs> meow, 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 meow. there he goes love um, you so uh match of the night was John Moxley versus CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, the, okay, we have we have reached we have reached the, the top of the roller coaster, and now we're starting. Now to it's go. all down. It's down, and then back up at the end. Yeah. Um, CM Punk does not, regardless of everything else that went down, his body and his work at this point does not deserve to be in the main event picture um yes I, I missed house of black but we're just we're cranking baby house of black though great match uh malachi came out blew a kiss and and bowed uh to the crowd what we know now is he even granted his conditional release um from what i understand it is uh regarding mental health issues and some uh suicidal ideations best of luck to him malachi I, I mean, take care of yourself do your thing People have been talking a lot of trash about Tony Khan and the non-compete stipulation. 
again, from what's been released, uh, he's getting paid for the next six months to not wrestle anywhere else. Uh, they're taking good care of him. They're making sure that he is fully covered to be able to, to do any of the treatment that he needs to do to get himself back where he needs to be. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back in AEW um, or if we see him back in WWE. You know, he was he was Triple H's guy. And wherever he goes, God love him. He's a good wrestler. He seems to be a really good character and a really good man. So just best of luck to him. Uh, good match for them. It was really House, good And House of, Black, House of Black will, I hope, continue. I believe they will. Absolutely. I think this, this opens up. It's unfortunate. Uh, I want Malachi to do nothing but just get better. But it does open up a lot of new possibilities. Yeah. And wherever he ends up, I mean, we'll be supportive of him. I won't watch him on the E, but um, I will most certainly be supportive of the man, Malachi Black. Yeah, and, and just hoping he he continues to to heal up and, and get better. Best of best of luck and all the love and good energy we can send your way. So back to the terrible match. Um, John Moxley was amazing. John Moxley put on a hell of a show. He carried punk the majority of that match. Uh, we now know punk very early in the match uh, did the damage to either ripping the pack or his bicep. Again, nobody's really clarified what that happened there, uh, but very early in the match off the tope. So, um, I don't know. Again, and this has absolutely nothing to do with what happened uh, Sunday evening or what's happened since then. This has very little to do with even what happened before that with the hangman thing. Honestly, uh, Mox said it best uh, in the run up to the he said it at Chicago before they had their big match. He said, I'm really sorry that CM Punk wasn't the guy we all thought he could be. You know, he's not the guy I thought he could be. Um Punk just can't go like he used to. I think if he continues to have a future in wrestling, it needs to be as the exhibition guy. You come out, you talk a lot, you're protected in a match or two every few months. Um, it's a really special thing. Like when Sting wrestles, I mean, he wrestles more often now, but he, you know, that was like the blow off feud, right? Like Darby be feuding with somebody for a month or two. And then you got Sting and then it was, Ooh, Sting's back. And he, he didn't take a lot of, you know, hard hits. He's got a young guy in there with him so he can be protected. Now here's the funny thing. Sting is pushing what 70 dude can still go sting. I have, and I said the same thing when Hardy was there, right? Like Hardy is significantly younger than sting and Jeff Hardy could not go the same way that sting could go. CM Punk can't go the same way that sting can go. And I think, I said at the very beginning, the only person that could turn punk heel was punk. And the reason that I thought he would turn heel is because he would come back. He would realize that he can't go like he thought he could. The crowd's going to realize he can't go the way he thought he should. And he's not going to get the same praise and adulation that he thought he was going to get. And I think we saw that on Sunday. And then also dude, super accident prone. You had a, you had a title, you had two title runs that lasted a total of eight days counting the accidents and the hurt and a lot of the shit he's done to himself, the, the crowd dive. And I mean, right. I don't know. I'm just off him at this point. It's weird because when he left WWE, it was the voice of the voiceless and he was this big martyr. And I really feel like he carried that into his time at AEW and forgot that he was working for a company that was supporting him, was giving him the, the top guy billing that he wanted. He was still acting like somebody else was holding him down when they were giving him the company on a silver platter. So 
I didn't love the match. I don't love the fact that he took the belt off Mox now for, uh, you know, we've lost Mox's belt now for two different times over some dumb shit. Um, I don't like it. Didn't like it. Didn't care for it. Uh, Mox deserved better. Uh, and I'm just happy at the very least that the Mox got to go over and clean in Chicago the first time. Uh, I feel like that felt good. Also, this is the first time Mox has been clean, pinned clean in a singles match in AEW. And I think, again, one of the big things I'm irritated with is losing so many amazing storylines and amazing like moments that we could have could have taken away from All Out that got lost in the scuffle afterwards. So give me your thoughts on the match, and then we're going to move straight on to Brawl Out. My thoughts are, and my thoughts are hard to see through this cloud of what happened in the following 72 hours. I was excited as anyone else when Punk came back last year. I thought it was a great moment. I thought this is great for AEW, the way they brought him back in. And But yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, he, he his character sort of didn't change when mm -hmm. it should have based on sort of, like you said, how he's being treated. I don't think Punk believed his body would quit on him like this. And early on, they were not too many indications that it was going to, but it became clear when you, when you see punk at the end of that match, sitting there clutching the title, he looks, he looked, I mean, he was hurt. I get that now. Um, but he doesn't look like a, he didn't look like a dominant champion. I think we've all, I think his, his story, what we built up in our heads for seven years kept it going but the man it's a different character and i don't begrudge him for believing that father time can't beat him but father time and mother nature are the two things that are undefeated in life and yep. like let me just clarify he could kick the shit out of me i'm not saying that i am that he is still an elite athlete because he can do the mm -hmm. things he can do but yeah it was just it was just not to be and and then as we're about to get into important stuff this has just been like a damn greek tragedy and mm -hmm. the fact that mox also lost the belt and doesn't have it now you know we'll get to what he's done since but yeah, yeah. oh what a mess and now we <laughs> what, yeah. what look, look how we're looking right now and now we're about to talk about the media scrum which yep. is amazing and here, here's the thing. I'll give Punk his flowers. His feud with MJF may be one of the best feuds we've seen in the last 20 years of wrestling. Agreed. Um, however, you can't, like, if the crowd is changing around you, if your position is changing, like, you can't come in and still be like, I'm the underdog, love me, and... That's not your position anymore. Mm -hmm. You're a top guy. You're supposed to be carrying this company and you're still, you know, acting like, you know, everybody's shitting on you and not giving you top main event spots. That no longer becomes an argument. And it just sounds disingenuous and it sounds egotistical, which maybe it was from the, from the beginning. Yeah. Maybe punk, we're seeing that now. Punk, is a, punk has been a one-dimensional character his entire wrestling career. And not saying that everybody is able to, do a Chris Jericho and have six, seven, eight different runs, but you know, you gotta have a heel. Like be a heel for a little bit. Being like you're you're really good at being an asshole. Go be an asshole for a little he, while. He was right? a great he was he was a great heel for a while. Figure something else out. Like it it really is disappointing. And then let's talk about 
Let's get into it. The all out media scrum. So let's just say real, real quick, because we're doing the show on Thursday, every wrestling fan, everyone who has a show has talked about it all. Yeah. Everyone's given their opinions. I like that we're kind of just addressing it on Thursday because we sort of have had the benefit of mm-hmm. receiving every kind of updated bit of information. Only problem is like, been a slow trickle we still haven't gotten a lot of the story but we in you and position right now thursday night have the most updated information to comment about it so let's do that yeah um and i don't think we need to like you know rehash everything i don't think no. anybody's coming to this podcast and being like oh my god i just found out something i didn't know everyone knows what happened um, so we know what happened in the in the thing truncated version uh punk shat on a good 90 percent of the roster he still likes adam cole so that's cool um and disrespected tony uh i know a lot of people are on the fence about whether or not they think tony's a good boss regardless of how you feel about it i think there's a blatant fact that a worker went out there and worked his boss <laughs> um so i will I and i will say he worked he worked his boss yes his boss had every opportunity to be a boss in the moment and he didn't do that either so I mean, it's CM Punk. Do you really have an opportunity? Because, I mean, here's the thing. We know what happened after. I mean, let's not be coy about it. We know what happened afterwards, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, somebody did come to him and be like, yo, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm cussing a lot tonight. It's because Cheats is not here. I just feel too loose. I feel (laughs) loosey-goosey because Cheats ain't here, and I can just say what I want. But um, somebody came to him afterwards and was like, hey, not cool, bro. And we saw what happened. There was the brawl out afterwards, right? So I don't know how, I mean, short of cutting punk off and being like, hey, let's not go there or whatever. Like, even that, I don't see punk reacting well to that. I don't see him being like, oh, you're right, Tony. Thank you. Let's get back on track and talk about this MJF match, right? Because that's one thing we forgot. MJF came out at the end of All Out, right? Setting up that, that re- rehashing that feud, which I think is definitely what we were going to get. MJF chasing the title and eventually probably taking it off of Punk. Um, I don't see how Tony could have stopped him. Well, could he have not nodded along and been like, yo, okay. Uh, absolutely. I don't know how he quietly got Punk out of there because Tony did. I mean, everybody's watched it a hundred times now. Like Tony did try to get him back on track. Try, journalists even like the people that were there were trying to, recenter him on the match and talking about what happened and talking about Mox and talking about MJF and dude just wanted to talk about Cole Cabana, the Bucks and Hangman. He had, yeah, he had prepared that interview, obviously, because when he, when, he sat, when he sat down, he immediately engaged with, um, I think it was Nick Hausman or whoever it was about mm-hmm. his relationship with uh, Scott Colton. Um, so he was ready for that. You know, I think Dana White has, has been able to corral Conor McGregor before, Sometimes. So Tony could have, in retrospect, Tony probably could have done some things. And if he had done some things and if it had resulted in punk, like giving Tony a shitty look and walking off before maybe he got some of those comments, that might have even been better. But what would have still happened was punk might've been even more pissed off going back to his locker room. And it's that's the, that locker room incident still was going to happen. Although maybe if Tony, Maybe if Tony had taken the heat and like cut him off, thrown him out, 
before he said something or when he started, maybe the Bucks don't go into the locker room because he didn't say yeah. anything. I mean, who, who knows? We're looking at everything now hindsight. And what I what I want to refrain from doing, and I promised myself all this week is I don't want to give my opinion on again who did what first because we just don't know. We're, we don't we know. Don't. We're never we're never gonna know. So what they should have done, shouldn't have done. I didn't want to kind of go into those waters. I just want to kind of like express that it kind of sucks for everybody because mm -hmm. a lot of attention was taken off of things that should have been paid attention to more like Max and, you know, <clears throat> a punk win could have been celebrated better, but yeah, there are a lot of people in that company who in the last few weeks and months have gone into business for themselves on some level and mm -hmm. no one did it bigger than punk did. And throughout this week, as I've heard more and thought more and have, I have, I have definitely have thoughts about the locker room incident. I guess we might get to that too, but yeah, that's what you're gonna do next. It, it was, it was, it was a disrespectful way to talk to the media, mm -hmm. uh, talk to your boss, but as a as a man, if Punk felt like that's how he wanted to go, Punk must on some level had known what might come of that, and you're, he might be ready for that too. So it's it's just a really bummer situation because someone that you also respect has maybe shown their ass a little bit. So there's just nothing yeah. there's nothing good that came out of it. And now we're about to talk about something that wasn't scripted. Yeah, and honestly, the last thing I'll say about it is somebody probably should check on dude's mental health, like. I have seen people that specifically, and this is interesting because I, I, I've, I've heard him be accused of this or not accused, but like, you know, armchair diagnosed for years um, of having some bipolar mania issues. And to me, like somebody might want to like check in with homie. Cause like, it really felt like, like it felt like one of those like man manic spirals where it's just like, I'm going to throw my whole life away and we'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> like it did not look like a mentally well or emotionally stable person sitting there. You can't like be going slam off and then being like, try these really great muffins. Like it felt a little unhinged and not in like a fun wrestling way, like a, Oh, is he all right? Kind of way. And I haven't really heard anybody kind of like drilling down on that. And if he is going through a mental health crisis, like maybe he deserves some time off. Maybe he needs some time to like get well and figure things out for himself. But it did not seem like the workings of a particularly stable person. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to sort of clarify, you know, if, if CM Punk is watching this, but I'm sure Punk watches us every week. If he is yeah, watching he has us, to, right? We're, we're, we're not, joke. we're not making casting any aspersions and saying, you know, if, I'm sure you, if he heard this, he'd be like, how fucking dare you dude? you know, ultimately we're just looking out for you. Cause you have entertained us for a long time. Yeah. It, just, it just didn't feel right. I do want to say, I want to sort of like touch it. Cause we're about to talk about the confrontation. So I do just want to say this, there have been a lot of, this is obviously what sort of sparked it was there has been a lot of talk, you know, in on the internet and dirt sheets about the issue with Scott, Colton and CM Punk <clears throat> and what, you know, if there was an accusation that Punk had some hand in him being taken off television, maybe he was going to be released. Punk and that guy had like real life litigation, which mm -hmm. is different than wrestling storylines. 
So when when that is sort of brought out in a wrestling storyline way, or just when the dirt sheets are reporting on things that are happening like in real life, I yeah. can see why I can see how Punk may have been very pissed off because well he was Oh no. Elliot, are you frozen? Am I frozen? We don't have a third person to check in on this. Sort of uh, what we're talking about in the wrestling world. So like, I think Punk might have had some justification in being angry and pissed off, having to address like a real life situation that was like legal, but he definitely lost his cool. It's just, I'm so bummed out about it. Um, we had a little bit of a, a cutoff there, but I definitely know where you're coming from. And honestly, if we're talking about it in that direction, there's mm -hmm. no one I feel worse for than Cole Cabana. Because if you ask Son Sean Rossap, uh, Dave Metzer, like all the big names, when this originally came out, and honestly, I'm going to be 100% real. I don't think anybody leaked that information. I think people on the internet were like, oh, this must be what Hangman's talking about. And the Dirt Sheets ran with it because that's what they do. Like, they, this is wrestling journalism. They are reporting on rumors, conjecture. Exactly. Some of them have inside tracks, but like a lot of them, they're just, I mean, they, they see stuff on Reddit or on Twitter. And then they're like, oh, this is a good story. Let me put this out. And sometimes they're right because some of this stuff is predictable. Sometimes they're not. But every, everyone that is anybody that reports on wrestling came out and said that, like, the Bucks didn't leak this. Hangman didn't leak this. This didn't come from, you know, the EVPs. I genuinely feel like <laughs> some – now, they may have felt that way. The Bucks may have felt that way. Hangman might have felt that way. But I don't think anybody leaked it. I think they just I think she was trying to say there you are. Okay. Am I back? You're frozen up. You're back. Go. Um, I think they put two and two together and they ran a story. And then, and I've even heard Meltzer and SRS come out and say, oh, we should have said something sooner that it wasn't the books. Uh, maybe that's my bad for not saying it. Yes, it's your bad. And yeah. both of them have said that during that time, they reached out to Colt Cabana and Colt Cabana specifically said, I'm not commenting on this because it's going to be bad for my mental health. And now we've dragged him into the biggest wrestling story in the last 10 years and dude hasn't even been on TV. He hasn't made one comment. He hasn't said anything. And Colt gets drugged through the mud. And the thing about him, like, sharing a bank account with his mom, so what? Maybe he's taking care of his mom. Maybe that's, like, how he, maybe his credit's bad. Ain't nothing more elitist than <laughs> being like, oh, how dare you have a weird money situation. I don't know. I'm off punk, honestly, at this point. So let's go ahead and jump to the the reason that I'm completely off CM Punk, which is the backstage brawl. Now, again, we do not have all the details, but I can say from the time stuff, little bits and pieces started leaking, there's a side of this that is lining up better than another side. So one side, Punk and Ace say that the, the Young Bucks super kicked the door down and came barging in and were super aggressive and they just defended themselves. Other side says they came in, they came in um, politely, or not probably not politely, but they came in with relatively cool heads to have a conversation. They had brought Mega, who's the head of uh, legal for AEW. Second, second in the company. Right. So, um, and that CM Punk immediately attacked them. 
Kenny saved the dog. There's there's two very wildly different versions of this. What I will say is that the Buck story is sounding, it's lining up more because you got to think we've got leaks from leaks and reports from like probably about 50 different journalists right now that are reporting stuff. So even the day of, we had reports of Mega running down the hall with CM Punk's dog somehow. Um, we had reports of Ace having bit Kenny um, and then the chair being thrown. And then we, So it's like the stuff that is lining up lines up more to seem like the story that came out from the Bucks is more accurate to the truth because everybody's like, oh, he's just big up in himself saying Kenny Omega uh, saved a dog. One of the first things we heard is that the scuffle happened and Mega was running down the hall with Larry. So it kind of lines up. Nonetheless, everything that people talked about over the last week was this brawl. Give me your thoughts. I know we probably aren't even saying anything novel because everybody has talked about this to death over the last yep. week. So just yep. tell me what you think. Tell me how you feel. Uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad everyone has talked about it because every, I, I didn't want to say I don't have a lot of great insight or some magical uh, panacea that's going to explain all this away. So I'll just say this. I don't think I'd want to be friends with any of them. I think they're all, um, no, he'll come back on. You're good. Um, I think everyone was in the wrong here. Um, Punk, obviously in the wrong. There, there really is not a ton of legit defending you can do for a physical altercation that I'm sure began with a, I'm sure Punk was more aggressive and more pissed off in the moment than the Bucks were, whoever else walked in that door. Because of that, however, I don't think anyone should have tried to hash anything out that night. I think that's a I think that was a really bad decision, which was fueled by personal animosity to mm. march in there and address it. They didn't go in there with like I mean, you'll never convince me that they went in there calmly. I, I I'm willing to believe they didn't kick the door down that they didn't even maybe bang on the door they wanted to enter but there's no way that when they walked in they didn't have some aggression on their mind as well they were pissed off rightfully so they're pissed off it was too volatile an atmosphere it should have been i mean first of all there's lots of ways to look at this so much there's so much to unpack but that confrontation if it happens within minutes of that press conference mm -hmm. everybody's at fault I mean, Punk. it clearly happened during the press conference, right? Because right? right. we, we see Jericho telling Tony at the end of the press conference that something has gone right. down. They had to call so, cops. So, um, so Punk, so Punk goes it, off. Punk goes off on the, at this press conference. Mm -hmm. If minutes later there's a physical confrontation, then like one of two things happen: Punk immediately walks off and goes after somebody he's pissed off at, or somebody who he, who's pissed off at him comes after him if now that scenario happened the details of who was who kind of came at it with a better who brought who what's who felt need to defend here man it doesn't matter at the end of the day if that conversation happened that quickly after the words were sent then either punk went nuts and went hunting or somebody who's pissed off came looking and if those people who are pissed off come looking 
and their actual EVPs, bad call. As EVPs, you, you do it. There are there are channels to go through if you're an EVP. Here's where I'm gonna push yeah, back. You, on. you and I are not on the same. Here's page on the here's where I think you just said there are proper channels to go through that with. Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time believing that the Bucks and Kenny said we're gonna go beat him up. Mega head of legal, come with us to beat him up. I don't think they were that coming in. I do, chance, I, right? I do like, not hey, think we're gonna talk to him. Come be a part of this conversation to keep cool heads, to make sure you're you're witnessing everything that happens. Like I don't think. The more that comes out or the more that's said, and again, we don't know anything yet, right? Like all we know is what people are willing to say to dirt sheet reporters, which are getting less and less as the days go on, right? It's been pretty silent since Wednesday. We don't know what was said in the meeting. We don't know what was said in Pong's meeting. Um, but from, again, everything that's come out, from piecing together a hundred different stories, I find it really hard to believe that anyone would be going to confront or beat somebody up or even get like super aggressive or physical with somebody and be like, hey, boss, come with me while I go beat up our top draw. Like, I just don't see that happening. Well, and honestly, from what we've seen, I'm a little bit of an of, a, of the elite mark, right? Like, I'll take that. But from what we've seen of them, they they seem to be relatively, you know, calm guys. They seem to be relatively, like, have their shit together. We haven't heard a whole lot of, oh, the Bucks are in this locker room and they blew stuff up. Or the Bucks are in this program and they're doing this and they're doing that. We have heard that from Punk in pretty much every promotion that he's been in. So if we're just looking at history here, the Bucks are always seen as like, they can, people say they're a little clicky, right? But like, you don't hear them like actively shitting on other people in the promotion or, you know, being aggressive or nasty to people. If anything, people talk about how much they're like pushovers and oh, they're whack. They're in the back playing their video games and like, you know, oh, they're Christian. Like, People have got on them for not being typical wrestling guys, right? Like that's been kind of part of what's kept them out of other stuff. So I think like it's really hard for me to believe that somebody who is not only like a wrestler in a promotion, but also an EVP is going to go to their boss and say, hey, I'm going to go beat this guy up. Come with me. I do not believe, I will clarify, I do not believe when the Bucks and Kenny heard Punk's comments, they said, we're going to go. I don't believe they were going in there to intend to physically give him a receipt. I don't. I think they were legitimately going to express their anger, frustration. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? You know, I didn't hear till a day or two later that they brought the second. What's her name again? Mega. Mega. I, when, I, when I heard that, it did change a little bit. Of, little bit of the story for me saying oh well you know they didn't sounds like they didn't fly off the handle and mm -hmm. run in there even if they weren't going to they were probably going to put on their evp uh mr yeah punk, but do it they were going to do it the way they the way those two present themselves to me i want to punch them too a lot of the time too uh, so punk who obviously just had zero patience for that as soon as he saw them he was gonna react because he yeah. when, when they walk in no matter how calm they walk in he he didn't need to see the Bucks and Omega 
after giving those comments. If the Bucks and Omega wanted to see him, I think that is a I, I just make, I just contend that is poor judgment on their part because they wanted to exude something over punk that maybe they have as EAPs. It could have waited till the next day when cooler heads prevailed. Now they brought Mega with them. Mega is Mega is their boss. Hey boss. If Me- Mega, in hindsight, might have shit might have said, uh, boys, this is not the right time. Let's discuss it. Let's let's wait till Tony's done. If they said no, we're doing it. Come with us. If the if they can push over the second in charge, then they really shouldn't be EVPs. I think you're giving a lot of heat to the Bucks and Kenny because yes, you am. just don't like them, I right? Have, I, I, I have like, no problem. I have no problem with Kenny. It's the Bucks. At the end of the day, CM Punk is the one that is absolutely wrong here. I'm not. He was wrong. Here's the thing. He should have been suspended after that press conference, whether or not this fight happened. It doesn't make him the only one that's wrong, though. That's fine. And I get that. Like, there can be multiple people wrong in that story. But have you heard one rumor come out about either Matt and Nick Jackson or Kenny putting their hands on anybody? I'm. If so, please point me to the story. I want to heard about them throwing a punch or a chair, or biting anyone. And CM Punk's people have come out and dropped the story. So if there was any truth to them being the one that were physical, them being the ones that were, were doing the aggressive stuff. And here's the thing, they had to walk back there, oh, they kicked down the door thing. Even today, people have been coming out and being like, oh, we were just, you know, we were using that as a metaphor. It was hyperbolic. They just came really rushing the door and wanting to be there. They didn't really kick the door down. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I feel like you're giving Punk a lot of leniency here. And before he walked out of that press conference, he should have been suspended. I can't Based on what he said in the press conference. I cannot disagree with anything you're saying. Punk is definitely his behavior, his actions, his words. There really is not any defending. And I'm not defending Punk. It kind of feels like you are. I'm not defending Punk. I'm trying to assign, a, I'm trying to look at this and assign appropriate blame i'm just trying to avoid too much piling on because there's just i will never be convinced that it was a hundred percent zero percent because i don't because i've worked in corporations with v with vps and everything the the right thing to do was to not confront him five minutes after if you're no, e- if you're right EVP- was for him to have that conversation in the back. If you want people to yes. talk about yes. heads and yes. stuff like that, 100%. let's talk about where this where this stemmed from. It right? stemmed from punk. No, because definitely. this isn't, and even like the whole situation snowballing and stuff. Nobody was talking about that Adam Page promo. Nobody was saying, ooh, there's trouble in the back because of this Adam Page promo. People thought it was weird and they didn't understand where it came from. And they thought. Adam Page was off that week, right? I remember talking about it, and I'm pretty sure it was right after the Uvalde tragedy. And I was like, damn, both of them are torn up. That's why this promo is kind of weird, right? Nobody was making this a story. CM Punk was so butthurt, he had to come back out, go into business for himself, call out Adam, then can't even kill it there where he's already made Hangman look like a fool he had to he had to get his piece off. And the thing was, was everybody was like, oh, well, what did somebody ask him to set him off? Dude set it up to be able for him to say all the stuff he wanted to say. 
He did not get rain back in when people tried to rain him back in. And he, he should have known coming out of that press conference. There's about five to six people from that, from what he said that could have been coming for him when it was over. If you, the best thing, <laughs> the best thing I think I've ever heard is talk shit, get hit. So if you want, like, if you going to be the person that's going to be out there publicly running your mouth like that, be prepared. Cause like, if you're going to, if you're going to be talking shit about everybody, I would not be in, let's say we're all podcasting and we're all going, we're all in different rooms podcasting, right? But we're in the same house. I'm not going to chat big shit, talk about how terrible you are, go into some real life stuff, not even like kayfabe what's going on in the storyline. Expect to walk out of that room and nobody speak to me, whether it be Mark being like, yo, Megan, what are you doing? You're screwing up the show or you coming to me and me like, how dare you say that to me? You know what I'm saying? Like he knew what he did. And I think he thought I'm CM Punk. I'm good. Nobody's going to say, even if they say anything to me, I'm fine. Tony's going to be fine with what I said. Tony loves me. The way he treated Tony in that press conference was unacceptable. He literally said, I'm trying to run a business here. No, you're not. Tony Khan's trying to run a business and you're making it harder for him. And yes, Tony is way wrong for giving him that much leash, letting him think that he could get away with that much, making him think that he could like say whatever he wants and and Tony's just going to nod his head. And honestly, I will give credit where credit is due. I saw like some of the other angles of the presser and like there are some moments where clearly Tony Khan, his Cause it, it kind of looks like he's just like, yo, okay. But when you can see him from the side, you can see like he is genuinely uncomfortable with a lot of different things that are being said. And there's a couple of moments where he really just like looks super unhappy, looks super uncomfortable, especially when like punk buried Mox. I mean, not Mox buried uh, MJF. Like this is a dude you're supposed just came back so much hype around him coming back trying to build the company up, you know, to, to, to be a part of this huge storyline with MJF, which before this was the most searched subject regarding AEW. And like punk was just like, Oh, I got to keep fighting pricks. What? You're going to continue. You're going to shit on everybody on the roster and then expect to walk into the back and nobody has anything to say to you. CM Punk again, this is why I think he's like, maybe facing some emotional or mental instability. And again, like it's all rumors. And so we really know what happened. We may never know what really happened, but from what people are saying, what a lot of people are saying, even people on Punk's side is that Punk got almost immediately physical with them, right? He started almost immediately throwing punches. So. Right. We, well, we don't know. Since we weren't in there, we we don't know. Yeah, we don't know if, if there was a if there was a look, a smirk, a, a comment that set Punk off, or as soon as they walked in the door, he. You know, does it seem as logical that as soon as those guys, you know, knock on the door and walk in, hey Phil, is it okay? And he leaps over a table and starts swinging. That doesn't really seem believable either. But three, you know, the three guys he just shit on on the press conference and were pissed off at walk in with their, you know, looks in their faces or their, you know, just their stern. Punk doesn't want to see it, doesn't want to hear it. I wish Punk had said, guys, not now. You know, I wish it was handled differently. Punk's the aggressor. Punk did way more things wrong at the end of the day. A lot of it could have been avoided and still dealt with the same way as far as like suspensions. 
if there was a, more of an adult in the room to say, Punk's pissed off. We're not, we're not going to accomplish anything productive by you guys going in the room. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about you guys, performers, you guys, EVPs, I'm second in charge. I'm mega. Hey, we're going in there guys. So does no one have the authority to tell him he's wrong? Tony has the authority. He didn't do it. Mega he didn't has do the, it in the press conference. We didn't see it in the Mega, press conference, well, but Tony it's did, clearly Tony, didn't, Tony, Tony is a little unstable. I wouldn't try to cut uh, him off either. He might and, punch me. Kenny and Matt and Nick didn't give Tony a chance. I think if you're going to go in to address Punk's words, uh, maybe you need Tony. Like I, I would have. They should have talked to Tony. These guys should have talked about it with somebody like Tony before they went in there. Again, the fact that I'm going to have to say. It feels like, I know you're not being a punk apologist, mm. but it's like, mm. if there is a hundred percent of blame to go around, you are trying to find everybody else that can take a piece of it other than your boy. And I really am like, I'm not okay. I don't think it's okay. Cause people need to be held accountable for their decisions. What happens everybody. after your decision? All that is still on you. Like you are the one that chose to do this. You're the one that chose to escalate the situation. You're the one that chose to continue escalating the situation. And like, I'm sorry, but another, the company is called All Elite Wrestling. He did not just shit on the Bucks. He didn't just shit on Hangman Page. He didn't just shit on MJF. He was shitting on the company. Mm -hmm. When you say nobody else draws but me, these people couldn't manage a target. You're talking about the company you work for. And that's why I'm going to go back to what I said. Punk was in a situation before where he probably rightfully had a lot of issues with management at WWE. And I can say that because I think um, I think that oh, cheats was just all right. We got to wrap this up soon. But I think that at WWE, because we've had so many other people back up, like how negative of an environment is. We know how their structure is with how they, they pay their talent and how they set up their talent and stuff like that. Like, I think he lived so long in this place of like, I'm going to be the martyr for everybody that he came back. And when he wasn't in that situation, he still like, that's his default position is I'm a martyr. I need to be the voice of the voiceless. Well, that's not your situation anymore. And I think he clearly said it, like multiple times, like there was multiple times where like his elitism was showing the thing he said about um, Cole Cabana sh sharing a bank account with his mom the week before when he was in Chicago and started like hollering at somebody and being like, you've never gotten laid. Like, it's just really petty douchebag stuff that like, I'm not interested in seeing. It's cute when all that shit's going against the man and the boss. But when you start attacking people in the front row who paid money to come to your show, I'm sorry. He was clearly feeling attacked by what he perceived was a bunch of guys against him. He reacted poorly. He reacted in a way that probably deserves a lot of discipline. I, 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 I've seen executive leadership in action for a good part of my professional career. I would have liked to have seen this get everyone get a good night's sleep, stay away from each other. That's how, that's how you handle a lot of family fights. Hey, guys, go to your rooms. We'll hash it out. A good night's sleep always helps. It was bound to happen. 
if those guys confronted Punk. If he had, if Punk had showered, hung out with Larry and Ace and Ace's wife in the room for half an hour, got his bags, went down the hall. If Kenny and the Bucks were in a room and the door was open and, and Punk passed them, it probably still would have happened that way. Punk was that pissed off and that, <clears throat> sorry, seemingly acting irrationally. Um, the, but the fact that it happened immediately, maybe a night's sleep could have prevented a lot of this. Not that Punk deserved a lot of concessions. He doesn't. But like the situation may have been fixable or at least fixable in the way of like, you know, one person is clearly shown to be out of control and there's not going to be this schism of who we believe. That's why I just say, I think there was blame on both, both sides. They both, because if, if the Bucks and Kenny had never entered that room, Phil may have gone looking for them, but maybe not. And then that's, and then that's, you know, it becomes a different situation. Mark is, Mark is bringing up something that I think we want to touch on quickly. Hold on, because I have to make one point. Please do. What's your point? I really feel you bad I'm letting this, you down. I think the re I've isolated why I'm getting so upset. Okay. To me, it feels like if you weren't wearing that dress, if you didn't go to that party, like someone has been assaulted and wronged and we're trying to find all the ways to like, well, if you could have just done this, you would have been fine. Well, if they you didn't, easy. like, even I'm keys. sorry. They did not. Okay. They're not, they're not on punk's level. For them to go into that room. All the more reason to have the sense of the, the business shit. sense. If somebody was, okay, let's talk just call center. You're in a call center. You're managing a call center. You're in charge of the call center. Your main boss is on a call with somebody else. And one of your coworkers just got up and pissed all over the room and then went to another place. You don't say, hmm, he's clearly having a bad day. I'm going to let him go home and get a coffee break, have a smoke cigarette, and then we're going to talk about this tomorrow. No, you go in immediately and have a conversation. And again, I think Punk was probably facing a suspension after that, no matter what. So, yeah. yes, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you piss all over my call center and then come talk to you. You come back to work tomorrow and we'll talk about it. No, you're getting fired before you leave my building. The people in the people who you walk out of my building or just don't come back. Okay. The Bucks and Kenny didn't give the person who should be doing that the chance to do that. How do we know who was supposed to be doing that? We talk all the time about how we don't know what the structure of stuff is at that building. EVPs might be the one to deal with stuff like that. Mega might be the one to deal with that. Mega man came and got them and said, hey guys, I'm about to go tell CM Punk to stick around because he's going to get suspended after Tony gets out of this press conference. Can you walk with me? Like we have no idea what happened. Oh, if, that, if that was the case, then I'm with you 100%. I don't think that's the case though. At the but, end of the day, we have not heard anything about the only thing we've heard about anybody acting in there that had a, like an actionable role in the backstage thing is Punk and Ace being violent and Kenny trying to save a dog, which is on <laughs> brand for Kenny Omega. Might it, I was, say. it was. It um, was. Cheats. Cheats. Eddie's fight with Sammy backstage wasn't as fun. It wasn't as dramatic. And, and quite honestly. And Right. And as much as as much as I love as much as I love Eddie and Sammy, these two guys are a little too far down the car to put that much thought into. Also, a mush is very different than hitting somebody in the face with a chair. 
Like important, that is two completely different conversations. Important question. Yes. How, how much is this on the hook for Tony? Tons. Yeah. But it's not on the hook for Tony because he, you know, like did something actively in this. I think the, the biggest problem with what I have with Tony did is giving CM Punk such a wide berth from the beginning. If you'd seen those pressers from jump with Punk from the moment he came back, Tony is very much just like, yeah, Phil, do your thing. Like, we love you. Just say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I think, I mean, I think Tony, like all of us, is a bit of a CM Punk mark or was prior to this. And you want to trust that this guy is going to have the best interest, the thing. But I think from the beginning, it was very clear that Tony treated him as such that he was just going to have this like wide berth. Um, so giving him that much freedom, clearly he thought he could say all that stuff and get away with it. Clearly he thought he could cut his boss off multiple times during a press conference and get away with it. And what's funny is, is like, I, I, I always watch the media scrum. I think it's interesting. It's something fun to look at after the pay-per-view. It's my calm down, right? And Punk, I think the last pay-per-view is when we really kind of saw him starting to step on Tony's toes more in what he was saying. None of the other performers seem to have that issue. So I can't see it just being an overall Tony issue. But I do think that with Punk, because he was such a special guy and he's such a big draw, I think TK probably gave him too much freedom. And then also TK probably big upped him too much in giving him too much credit for the, for the shows, right? He's like, he basically punk went out there and made it seem like he is the only person that can get a million dollar gate. He's the only person that can get, you know, a, a million viewers on dynamite. I don't think that's the case. We've had amazing shows without him. We've done amazing draws prior to him even coming to the company. So I think it was a big mistake to, I think TK's mistake is one, giving him too much freedom Two, giving him too much credit. Cause clearly like, yeah, I don't know. there's some of this that is all hindsight. And for a while we were all about punk being punk and we were buying into it. There's a lot we didn't see simmering behind the scenes and then some then some things happened that just rubbed punk the wrong way. And I think it was just all downhill from here. We didn't really see it till it all kind of blew up. Like like you said, none of us understood that hangman promo. We all were a little bit confused when punk came out and started going scorched earth. And it's just devolved from there. And I'm just I'm just bummed about it. I'm, just bummed, I'm bummed about it because again. You know this AEW, which I think AEW is going to be okay. I'm, I'm, I think because we, because we haven't talked about Dynamite, but they had a really great Dynamite Wednesday. An amazing show last night. Yeah, I think, um, I think Cheats said something great here. He said, "Punk became Punk. It is who he is. It sucks, and it's true." And another thing I'll add is that Punk became the thing he hated, right? Like his his big complaint with WWE was burying younger talent, not caring, you know, for people in the company, um, you know, taking your top guy as the guy that's always going to headline WrestleMania, always going to get the ice cream bars and the T-shirts. And like 
Punk became that at AEW. So it's really hard for me to still like be like, oh, he's fighting for the little man when he's the one holding other people down. He came in saying, oh, I want to put other, I want to put younger guys over. He hasn't. I can't think of one younger talent. I think his his feud with MJF was brilliant, but he's not putting guys over. Yeah. Well, he was going to put almost anybody. He was going like to put MJF. He was going to put MJF over, either willingly or unwillingly, because that was going to happen. And you know, maybe this would have blown up a month from now when he had some interaction. Yeah, I mean, Punk seemed to be self-destructing, and he did. I, I you know, I don't want to give my uptake again that I think you know the the Bucks and Kenny gave a little spark that didn't need to be there, and this we could have all we could all be in a different situation tomorrow. That is not taking really blame away from punk and putting it on the bucks. I'm saying it because it's, it's, it's not, it's 90. I was 95, five going into tonight with punk and bucks and Kenny, as far as blame goes, you've moved me to 97 and a half to two and a half, but it's not, it. it's not zero. Yeah. Come on. You gotta, you just, um, you just gotta admit if the bucks and Kenny, if they had wait, if they had, if everyone had gotten a good night's sleep, this may have been different, and maybe just Punk is maybe being set for surgery. No one's getting, um, no one's getting suspended, fined, and the focus could have been on MJF. But that hardly he said he wrestled Darby and MJF and some gun guys. He put them over by wrestling them. He wrestled Lee. I don't know if that's putting somebody over. It gives yeah. them something to put on their resume, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but even in those matches, I think MJF is the only person that he made look like a monster. I think everybody else, and I mean, I'm gonna go back and watch them. I'll go back and watch them so that I make sure I'm not like having high insight, or we're not high in the recency bias. Um, but I don't yeah. know. If you came to put people over, I can tell you who came, who who looks like they came to put people over and that's Danielson eating a pin. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. I'd rather have Brian Danielson over CM Punk pretty much any day of the week. And if that yeah. was before, that was before this weekend. All right. So let's go ahead and jump back into the good because we've already been on here for almost an hour and a half and your girl got to sleep. I got lab at 9am and I'm not good at LaTeX or R yet. I'm really bad at it. Um, so let's talk about dynamite from last night. We start with the devil himself, MJF coming out. Um, great promo from MJF. Something somebody pointed out, which I didn't notice until afterwards when somebody pointed it out. MJF was playing punk. He came out in the local team jersey he talked about how much he loved people even down to isolating one person in the front row and saying not you you fat so-and-so haha <laughs> just kidding like he did punk almost as well as punk does punk. he came out and also backed himself into the audience he didn't jump into the crowd that would have been awesome i was mm -hmm. half expecting him to almost like start like he was going to dive, you know, that because that would have been the ultimate troll. But yeah, yeah. You, you did. He really was uh, channeling his inner punk there. He was. And then I cannot, I'm already a huge mark for John Moxley, but I cannot say enough good things about this man and what he's done for AEW. Between carrying the promotion through the pandemic, um, taking AEW with him across the world, 
uh, from, you know, bingo halls wrestling in front of 200 people to, you know, New Japan. Um, I think Mox's promo last night may have been one of he said he's he's becoming a legend i think he, i think he cemented it last night yeah. and something that um i really loved was mox is really good in the ring so i mean i'm not even talking about for for wrestling he's a really good promo person in the ring he has really good psychology of knowing where to face the hard cams and knowing you know when to to face out to the crowd or face the big sign you know he's really good at working all sides of that ring if you notice from last night he spent the majority of that time facing the entrance ramp that promo was just as much for the boys and girls in the back as it was for us yeah and i don't think they could have asked for a better leader for that company and i really hope that TK sees what he has in Mox. Because if you even look at like Forbidden Door, Mox wasn't even going to be wrestling. I'm sure he would have fallen in somewhere, but he wasn't planned for anything until Punk got hurt. Um, you know, they planned this monster run for him and then the pandemic happened and Mox carried us through the entire, he made wrestling fun with nobody in the arena. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the whole thing with, with Punk and coming back and the interim champion, like, Mox has stepped up in huge ways for TK. And at this point, if that man does not give him everything he wants and then some, he's crazy. He needs to recognize what he has. And I think we need to recognize what we have. A lot of people were starting to get off the punk train and saying, oh, he bleeds too much. Oh, he fights a little. Why is he fighting it? You know, why is he fighting a GCW? He's the AEW champ. Like people are really starting to turn on him, at least on the internet. And I think last night showed us why Mox is the guy. As usual, you have spoken very eloquently. And, oh, I want to put your camera back on. I want to look at you when I say this. It keeps freezing. No, no, it's not. You're doing fine. Um, you, those comments that you directed toward Mox, I think, are summed up perfectly. I, I want to turn, I want to just want to say I agree. Um, but I want to add my, I want to, my thoughts, I just want to speak about MJF mm -hmm. um, in the opening we wanted this was the most anticipated you know opening of a wrestling show in years Cheats is saying you're not freezing so yeah you're fine stay on it's on yeah. my end like my whole video like the whole screen the whole restream screen keeps flashing on me so I'm freaking out a little bit I think I might be pushing it too hard no you're all good I think a lot of us expected Tony Khan to walk out the uh, out the babyface entrance and walk down the aisle and get in the ring and I'm sure we were all thinking about what he was going to say and you know I was I was thinking about like you know break the fourth wall and just say hey guys you know wrestling's a tough business you know I I, I bit off you know I didn't know I'm a fan like all oh, y'all I don't know what to get into and we have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of dynamic personalities and. Yeah, everyone, you guys know there was a there was a you know, altercation and what I've had to do, you know, I thought we might get that. The pre-recorded um thing. Okay. It didn't it didn't give us anything except announcing that he used the phrase, you know, I've been forced to. Well, that's that's accurate. You you were forced to. That's the right choice of words. So, when that happened, you know, still it was there was still what what's going to happen? Who how is this going to get back? How is this company going to get back on track. 
MJF was the right person to come out. Mm -hmm. I think when MJF finished his promo, is that when Mox came out? Right. The Mox. He didn't finish his promo. Mox said, shut up. Okay. So Mox, <laughs> so Mox interrupted the promo. I think what could have happened was right before that, they could have gone to commercial, come back. Mox could have come out and given that same speech. And I think it would have been nearly as effective. MJF was so good. You know, I hope, and Cheats was in the group text in the middle of it saying, oh, he hated this. What is this? What are we doing here? Oh, I loved Face Cheats. MJF. Cheats. I ate it up. It was did so you, good. Did you not see that dripping with sarcasm? You know, I didn't know how it was going to to segue in turn. But this was not a baby face MJ. No, of course it wasn't, Cheats. Come on. Um, it was great. I think that promo, in conjunction with Mox, that opening mm -hmm. segment, very well may have saved that company. Because yeah. it, could, it could have gone any way. Who knows what they managed to do with it. And the professionalism of both Max mm -hmm. and Mox we may look at this a couple of years from now and say, and with, with all, when we find out all the inside information that that might've been the single most important segment in AEW history. Um, Hard agree. MJF is, is a future superstar. This guy has mm -hmm. a long career ahead of him, wherever it's going to be. Um, he can hold the crowd. Like I haven't seen since, you know, probably Roddy Piper, probably like going, mm -hmm. we're talking like many, many generations. Um, mm -hmm. And he's, he's special. He demonstrated it really um, last night. We know Mox was special. He did great. Those two, the opening was fantastic. Um, I feel like every TK, whatever meeting they had, Tony was, I think Tony was giving the top stars of the company time on the mic to kind of give a half rally, half like assurance to the crowd that there yeah. are still people on the ship because Wardlow gave a great um, promo last night. Jericho was fantastic. Um, Tony had to put a lot of trust in a lot of guys last night and I think all of them delivered. Absolutely. Um, and we set up some really great stuff going forward. So we've got the tournament happening. We have new trios champs. It was just, it was a great night of wrestling. I think for as tumultuous and stressful and anxiety inducing as the weekend was last night was, was absolutely perfect for what we needed to see. We highlighted, there was, there was a big highlight on the guys that really kind of brought this company to where it is now. Um, I think ending the show with Garcia and Yuta was the perfect choice because I think what you've got all these WWE guys now, you've got all these older people in the, the program. One of the biggest draws for me at the beginning was there was just these homegrown AEW guys. Like, yeah, they cut their teeth in the indies, but this was like their first chance of really getting a shot on like a national stage. And I'm really excited that we're centering back in on that. And also that the people that we do have that are coming from other promotions are people that seem to be like genuinely uh, interested in this becoming like a thing that that is here forever. I think uh, nobody can ever argue me uh, like on the Danielson thing. 
Um, he has really put some time and energy into putting people over and putting younger talent over. Um, the work that he's done with Garcia, the work that he did with Yuta, like, you're not going to tell me that, <laughs> that Danielson's not interested in bringing up the next group of guys. Right. Um, same thing kind of feels like with Claudio. Like, Claudio came in and he, he's ready to wrestle anybody. He's ready to give anybody a chance. Um, I can't wait to see what if they do take him over to ROH, like what he's willing, what he's able to do there. And then even one of the, the bigger ones for me last night that I think not as many people are hype about was little Stokely's faction. Like Stokely's little faction is like some serious, like homegrown AEW guys. You got Ethan Page, you got Lee Moriarty, you got the guns. Like it feels, yeah, Morrissey. Which side note, <laughs> our very good friend, Victor, he said one of his kids looks like more, he said Morrissey looks like, like a great value version of Edge. Last night with his hair down when he was doing the like face, I saw yeah. it. I was like, oh, what's Edge doing up <laughs> I, did, I did too. Did he leave like flat iron his hair also? Something looked off about that. Shout out to our boy, Victor. We love you, Vic. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think uh, seeing that last night, you know, Stokely's faction is working for MJF Mark, who came out and got his chip for him. You know what's up. <laughs> but um, I think last night reminded us of, of why we love AEW. I think uh, Mox was really good at reassuring everyone that like the, the company will go on, that everybody's still going to be here. Um, and I don't know, like it, it, it brought me to a place where I felt a lot more comfortable <laughs> moving forward, even though we do have, I'm really sad that the Bucks and Kenny had to vacate the titles. I mean, I'm sad that the thing with CM Punk went down the way that it did. I think, we had an amazing setup for MJF to take the title off of him. So who knows what happens next? The only thing I will say is I would love it if Mox didn't get the title to then immediately get it taken by MJF. Yeah. Um, I think Mox has made a lot of sacrifices. You either give him the title and let him go on a proper run or give it to somebody else. Let him wear it for a little bit. Again, Danielson has proved time and again that he's willing. I mean, Mox is willing to. Well, come on, man. He's like probably he is. I would say he's in contender. Probably him and Osprey are highest in contender for wrestler of the year this year. PWI number one rank. Yeah, I, I think that'll be one and two. Uh, uh, I'd right? like to see. I think Mox probably. Mox is, my, Mox is my wrestler of the year. I think. Yeah. You, so horror. for me, like. Don't diminish his year by making yeah. him eat a ton of pins just to, to figure mm -hmm. out what you're doing next with the storyline. He'll do it because he is the people's wrestling champion and he'll go out there and put on a good match and help do whatever needs to be done for the company. Again, when we went back to Forbidden Door, he did a like a um he did a podcast with Renee, and you could tell dude was like hurt that he wasn't already in line. But what's funny is Mox is like, well, karma worked out. <laughs> like he got the match that he wanted with Tanahashi. So, like, I don't know. I, I prefer not to see him get the title to then have to lose it again so quickly to MJF. I trust him to put on a hell of a show and to to do a even an amazing run with the short time that he has, like he did with the interim championship. Um, but I'd prefer somebody else. I mean, Daniel, let Danielson take the strap for a little while. It'll be a fun run. And then, you know, he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with MJF. Uh, I think Hangman would have been another one. So, I don't know. Chiefs just said we're at a new time record. I don't, will, even, I don't even think we have to talk about our match of the week. I don't think we have to talk about where our heel or face of the week. I think I, we will, I will say 
I will say match of the week. Go rewatch that Swerve Lee acclaimed match from All Out. Just go watch that and Megan cover your cover your ears for a second. Um, go watch Gunther versus Sheamus from Clash of the Castle again. That match that match was unbelievable. There we go. I'm back. You can take it off now. Um, I will bro kick you if you go watch that show. Let me let me say this, Megan, and I'm just gonna. Well, God, I'm gonna at the risk of having you not speak to me for an entire week till we get back together. That show last night, we just sung its praises. It was amazing. The Bucks and Kenny were nowhere to be found, and I don't feel like the show was lost. Punk was not there. The show was not lost. If the Bucks and Kenny were gone for a month, I don't think we'd notice. If they were gone for six months, we would feel it. But, you know, Adam Cole is going to come back soon. Kyle O'Reilly is going to come back soon. We've talked about a stacked roster. I sort of feel that it's possible that the Bucks and Kenny, with their EVP positions, may have potentially somewhat outlived their usefulness. Shout out to our friend Tom Garrett, who mentioned that the other day. Like, we don't even know like what EVP roles really are. There is an institutional problem at AEW, we cannot deny it, that requires a close look at the leadership structure, and I think some changes will be made. That said, everyone there at the moment, and um, that means Punk is not a, well, we don't know if Punk's fired or whatever. He's not involved in any plans right now. For the time being, you know, I'm just saying, like, if Kenny and the Bucks suddenly were not, if the Bucks, I know I don't like the Bucks. I want Kenny. Kenny's too big a star to not be in that company. If the Bucks weren't there anymore, are you? Is that going to really change, move the needle? Are you going to notice? Yes. Why? I Why? would miss the Young Bucks, and I would miss Brandon Cutler. Well, yeah, they they make some I like interesting them. I'm sorry, I like them. I know they're douchey. I know they have punchable faces. But at the end of the day, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes are the only reason I have wrestling that I want to watch right now. Respect. From America, that's a major promotion. Respect. Yeah. Point Respect. blank, period. Yep. So they get a lot of grace with me. Sure. As they, they should. They will forever have a lot of grace with me. Okay. And at the end of the day, for me, the Bucks are as much a part of, and maybe more, to be 100% honest, as much a part of the legacy of AEW as the McMahons are to WWE. Okay. You okay. Would not, we wouldn't have this if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for uh, the, the Bucks. Somebody in our chat saying F word, S word. I hope you're catching that, bro. <laughs> I hope you're catching that, Mark. I know you want, I know you want thing, but don't let those come up the bottom. Let's just end now so that whoever this person is, Chicken McFry. Megan, this has been one of the more favorable or enjoyable podcasts with you. You are a real superstar. Um, Cheats, we miss seeing your face on here. You had a lot to the discussion. Thank you. We're going to be back next week. There's going to be, let's see, what do we got? We got a rampage. We got a dark, a dark elevation and another dynamite before, <laughs> before we uh, come meet back here next Thursday. Um, I think we're going to have a whole new set of storylines, whole new set of people to cheer for. It's an exciting time. 
Last night, Dominic really turned what was a very, very, very depressing couple of days to give me some hope. So I think we ought to just go out while we're ahead before we get spammed anymore. And um, Megan, you, you're you're been a dear. You're great. Good luck in class tomorrow. Thanks. And yeah, and do like you, a very short amount of time. Follow us on follow us on uh, Wrestling Chat with Friends on YouTube. WCWF pod on Twitter and Megan. Because you know I'll be tweeting. You will be. Count us out like you always do, please. This has been a great episode. One, I guess I should count. Like nobody counts the ring to the side. That's right. One, two.